back corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting. Listening in. And listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break. Watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig. Be a part of the show. Get some chances to win some awesome prizes. As fast we go. You know, we didn't have that back then. And, 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 dude, it, it can just... That text thread gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dialing. Welcome to Bash University Live. That was the greatest uh, <laughs> signal that you have ever given me, BTC. <laughs> Fortunately, you guys didn't get to see that at home, but it was quite spectacular. <laughs> yeah. uh, welcome to Bash University Live. Uh, so glad that you could be here with us tonight. Really fun show tonight because so, some, some craziness has been going on. The Bash University crew has been out uh, using giant baits and catching giant bass. Uh, and it's really cool, uh, and we're going to be talking a lot about it tonight. And why are we going to do that? Because we're celebrating big baits for big giant bass. This week, we are launching Brian Thrift's seminar tomorrow, teaching us about how he uses the big giant baits, uh, obviously one of the greatest anglers on the planet, and uh, one of our best instructors at Bass U. We're going to be releasing his Big, ba big Baits for Big Bass seminar uh, tomorrow. So um, so to celebrate that, we're going to be talking about catching big bass with big baits because it's going on right now. And uh, I'm tickled to death to have with me here tonight some guys that are they're pretty good with it, guys that make baits and do some pretty cool stuff. But we got Keith Thomas from uh, Black Talon yes. Lures. Great to have you with us. And Gray Thanks Buck for me. Uh, fr from Major League Fishing, the pro circuit. And <laughs> – and uh, winner of the Bassmaster Open on Lake Oneida, where uh, you're not allowed to fish that tournament this year. <laughs> Gray, I know you're going to be on that trail. But, uh, but hey, man, so thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to be back. Yeah, yeah. it's yes. good. Awesome. Good to have you in studio. Amazing display of lures. We're going we're gonna to be diving into that. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Keith, yes. you and BTC yes. dominated yeah, this we weekend uh, at one of our local lakes with we some sure of these did. big glides. Yeah, we had a good day. Uh, good day? Yeah, it was a good day. Like a five-and-a-half-pound average. That's that's a pretty good day. Yeah, it's good. Uh, <laughs> it should have been more, but that's how, you know, it goes with throwing big baits. Did did yeah. Brian knock him off with the net? No. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually did try yeah. <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> Riz knows what I'm talking about. It was <laughs> had to test them hooks. Yeah. Oh my good hooks, Keith. Thank so you. What happened? Brian. What? what? <laughs> Hold on, technical difficulties. <laughs> Did you get the net caught in the rods again? Uh, only on one of the fish. Yeah, the, oh. big, the biggest one. <laughs> <laughs> only, only, on, only on the one. Yeah, the wrong uh, one. Why, why, why do you keep having It's that a trouble? small boat with a lot of rods, a lot of big baits, and a lot of big hooks. And yeah. You know how nets are. <laughs> You get it, catch get, everything. Catch everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's oh, good okay. net. Well, so so you guys, well, here, here, if you guys didn't see, it's been all social media and everybody's weighing in. Amazing 
catch. You guys, it was a four-fish limit right. on this lake, uh, local lake here in southeast Pennsylvania. And That'll remain unnamed. <laughs> Forgot to mention that beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> the four fish for 22-plus pounds to win. Right. And, Greg, I mean, you had four for 20. Yeah. I thought coming in we would have a shot unless Keith caught a giant. And, of course, he caught two of them. Two giants. <laughs> yeah. Man. That's what what an amazing uh you know it's a great lake it's got a great uh gene pool but but it does. you guys both used big baits to catch all those fish didn't you Yeah what what was impressive with Gray is uh he was on trolling motor <laughs> No kidding Yeah I didn't have a uh boat with a 20 horsepower so Oh it's got a 20 I, horsepower I had the cruiser yeah. out there and we're yeah. running around the Lawrence goes covering some water and doing what we could You did pretty we, good yeah, we, we, had, it. we yeah. had the option of running around Mm-hmm. Where he's, he didn't have that option. Right, we can run the whole lake where he couldn't. Yeah, if anybody's ever selling a sixteen footer with a twenty on there, <laughs> give me a call. Yeah. I'm in the market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that lake needs it. But uh, but you, man, you caught, you had two seven pound class fish. Yeah, and what what happened? You 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 dumped one at the boat or something, or uh, what, what was the other one? In the morning bite, we had a lot of rain, and mm. uh, they were fired up pretty good. I had these fish marked. Uh, for a couple of days, I run around the lake. Uh, I have a glider that I use that doesn't have hooks on it. Mm-hmm. It just has enough weight to, you know, represent a hook, so it still swims the same. And I, I just run around the key spots, throw it in there. I pull one up, I rip it out of there, waypoint them, and they'll be there because everything's so they're not moving up on beds yet. They're just in holding stages, so they're going to be there for three, four, five days, right. and they'll be within that ten foot radius. Just waiting, just just, waiting. just so, staging, yeah, feeding, yeah. And I don't. There's not even that much bait that's up in the mm. shallows right now. Uh, so I mean, I'm throwing gizzard shad imitators, but I mean, you can go out there with a trout pattern, and still, it's just an opportunity for him to eat. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Uh, ah, yeah. it's it, it it's got to be a lot of fun. Uh, you get to see them. You get yeah. to see a lot of the strikes. And we're 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 going to be diving in. We're going to be getting deep in in it. So get your questions together. Uh, if you want to, you know, ask questions about how to use these glide baits, how to trigger strikes, how to when to pick them up, when to put them down. We're going to be going into all that stuff here at the Tackle Direct Studios for Bash University Live. We've got a great Facebook like and share contest going on. We got a cool gift pack with Rapala, uh, with VMC, a, a great. Uh, bash university rod wrap so uh, we're going to be giving that away as a facebook like and share uh winner and we also have a grand prize that we're or trivia question that we're going to be asking at the end of the show so uh hang in there for that and of course we use your stuff live on the air we're going to be hooking you guys up too appreciate all you guys being part of the bash university uh program and hey guess what we're, speaking of tackle direct if you're a subscriber to bash tv Check your email. We're going to be releasing an, a 15% coupon uh, on our Tackle Direct Bash University Tackle Shop over at Tackle Direct. So check your email, guys. That's going to be going on. And um, and we also want to uh, give a shout-out to Bass Boat for Sale. It's the best place on the planet if you're looking to buy a boat, if you're looking to list your boat. Uh, it's, a, it's the place to go. Quality boats. Uh, if, especially if you're looking to purchase one. It's all quality equipment over there at BassBoatForSale.com. Check it out. Uh, get your boat listed or get over there and get yourself a boat. It's springtime, and uh, it's the time. Well, 
in our part of the country, if the ice is gone, everybody's starting to fish. I know a lot of the country, down, you guys down in Texas, you've been, you've been doing this for a while, but we're super psyched. We're just getting, uh, we're just getting geared up and getting out on the water and having a lot of fun doing it. So, uh, so we got a lot of great stuff that's happening at Bash, U, uh, Bash University Live. If you've not subscribed, 30 days free, go take the free trial. Go check it out. You're going to want to catch Brian Thrift's uh, seminar on big bass. Big baits for big bass, as well as Drew Cook. I want to give him a shout-out because we were talking about that earlier, Gray. Yeah. Uh, man, he just won, obviously, sight fishing down at Santee Cooper, won, but gives a seminar. This week gave this seminar a month, two months, maybe, maybe more, before the Santee Cooper tournament. And he used all of those components that he, he gave the goods in the seminar, all that rod-shaking strategy, how he did all the bed fishing. Uh, just really, you know, an amazing bed fishing seminar. You got to check it out. You I'm got definitely going to be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I might have some uh, fish coming on beds come here soon yeah. for the next tournament down at Pickwick, too. And That's right. I got to uh, maybe sharpen up my skills here. Yeah. Well, I, I know I do. See, that's not fair. It's a bunch of crap. Guys in Florida <laughs> and Texas, they get to fish for spawning fish for like six months out of the year. Yeah. What do we get it, for like two weeks? If we're lucky. If we're lucky. They all come up at once and – and they're gone. It's crazy. And it's over. Yep. You know, so we, we don't get as much practice. That's our excuse for not doing as well. <laughs> uh, but that, but Drew, and he talks about it. He, he practices it five months a year, you know, in his heyday. So mm. uh, so go check that out. It, it, along with so many other great things, we're, uh, we're actually filming this week with, uh, with Jesse Wiggins. Speaking of spawning fish, it's going to be a really unique topic. I know a lot of you guys fish around lakes that have spotted bass, um, but Jesse's tackling uh, – bed fishing for spawning uh, spotted bass, which Smith, Smith Lake is notorious for that. Of course, they're they're getting uh, tornadoes down there during the shoot. Jeff, hang in there. You're going to be all right. <laughs> it probably won't be that bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, <laughs> always always a lot of great great stuff going on at Bass University, and uh, and we're glad to be here with you guys live tonight. And I'm look and great. We you and I are going to be fishing the james river but there's also a big bassmaster elite going on this week want to give a shout out to ike and all the boys on the elite tournament trail because they're going to be fishing chickamauga i gotta believe that's going to be a spawning tournament don't yeah. you think yeah i it's gonna be right on that tail like edge of it if they're not going yeah it's gonna be real soon it's been warm I, down there yeah, I was down there once in, like, mid-March, mm -hmm. and they just first started pulling up. I was down pre-practice for, like, a middle-of-May tournament. Right. And they were just coming up. So, like, what are we, first week of April? Yeah. They got to be coming. The, the, there's something weird about those lakes. That one in particular is the – and I've seen this with other lakes. They the It's got to come up the full pool. Something weird happens. Like, those fish are conditioned – like when when the lake comes up to full pull, all of a sudden they crash the banks. Yeah. So it seems like it's a late spawn on that lake, you know? Yeah, because when we came in mid-May, there was still a lot of them on beds, and I didn't expect that. Then. Yeah. And I went through one pocket that I was catching them when I went down in March. They were all pre-spawners chasing bait around in there. They were spawning on every lay down that was in there. It was right. pretty wild. But I think the pool is still down pretty far right now. I don't think it's up yet. So that might hold some of them back, like you're saying. I think it does. Cause I, I remember uh, um, John Cox goes, and we all thought, oh, it's it's post-spawn, it's over. And he goes in there and, and wins, you know, fishing a, a general, 
and <laughs> you know, and a, and a swim jig, or, you know, for spawning fish, you know, yeah. late in the season. So it's going to be kind of late. So then maybe we'll see a pre-spawn tournament still down there with a little bit of spawning going on. But that is notorious for big fish, and uh, and I wonder, if, you know, big baits might pl might play a role in that tournament. No, I could definitely see it. When I was telling you about that March time I was down there, it was I think 2018 or something. Mm -hmm. I haven't had not gotten into this yet. Right. And I wish I would have because I was throwing a chatterbait back there, and they were chasing these big gizzards. And I saw a bass that was eight, nine, ten pounds. I don't know how big it was. It was giant. Yeah. And if I would have had Keith's donk here, I bet you I could have caught that fish. And right. It would have been a lot of fun to throw. It was just like <laughs> one of those secondary points with a bunch of stumps on it. They were uh, staging yeah. on, getting mm -hmm. ready to move back into there. Yeah. And they were just feeding. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I I fished a, a one open on the, on a chick, and it was it was post spawn and they were on the shad spawn and and um I I I don't have a lot of the big glide baits I'm I'm kind of you know I've got a lot of the big boot tails but I'm kind of getting into the glide bait scenario mainly because Keith gives me one every now and then <laughs> and uh <laughs> the uh but I, I I remember going through a scenario where um they they were grouping up on the shad and and I was trying to downsize to make them bite, downsize. And, and I'd sit here and think with, you know, talking about this topic, I would have liked to have upsized mm -hmm. more than I did a few, a little bit to see if that might have been able to trigger uh, those fish a little bit better, you know, in that Chad spawn situation, you know. Yeah. But but I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know Keith back then. No. So. It's all of our downfalls. <laughs> 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 well, it's. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to talk about here. We're going to talk about where and when and how, but um, I I got to you know the show and tell is just phenomenal because I'm looking at a lot of the baits that you have here, and um and they're just uh it's funny because I said I mean man look at the size of that one and Keith's like man that's that's not a big one yeah. you know but but take take us through uh you know some of the baits and uh and and your maybe your design process what you got going um. on here. Uh, well, basically, this is Black Talon Custom Lures, yeah. by the way. Um, and if people want to get these baits, how can they do it? Uh, the only way I'm doing it right <laughs> now is uh, <laughs> <laughs> quiet over there. Uh, is that I, I just have you know a Facebook page. Okay. As of right now, I'm not really a tech savvy guy, so yeah. All right. We're we're just there. But uh, going to the baits, um, like. My go-to size is. Oh, we're all dying. All right, guys, thanks. That was yeah, our show that's tonight. It. It's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. What do we got? Fake tornadoes now? Uh, nuclear uh, test. I don't know what is it. What it? Is that what it says? Yeah, it said something about nuclear test. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Well, it's hurry, hurry up with that. <laughs> big baits, catch big bass. Keith Gam Thomas, thanks everybody. Get, we're to all the time. <laughs> get to it before the man. Race. You know, I'm just sitting there thinking, man. Like, uh, I don't want to be here if this is about bizarre. to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere else. You guys ain't. You guys ain't pretty enough. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> let me read this. We all got hit with this. A routine test of the the Salem Hope Creek Nuclear Generating Station. Uh, system has been conducted so this is a routine test that's, what that's going on but can you this is going on on the ukraine right now oh god right i i just thought just just rifled through me right now where you know this would be probably followed by bombings and whatever whatever they're dealing with over there i thought yeah. i thought 
Russia might be moving in on us over here. Here comes the gamma rays. Oh man, spooky! But <laughs> that was weird. That was that was <laughs> that, that was that, bizarre. That, that was that was super bizarre. But uh, but we were talking we were talking about your baits, right? Um, you know, big giant baits. What? Yeah. Talk talk. Tell me what you got here. Um, for uh, I I do make a twelve inch one also. Hell yeah! I, yeah, I uh, I didn't bring it. I don't know why. I just never grabbed it. Um, this is the ten inch donk. Probably 90% of the time, this is what I throw. Mm -hmm. um, like you were touching earlier, like you were maybe should have went to a bigger bait in that one scenario. Just cycle through to, right. get, well, to give them a different look. Yep. There's a reason. I mean, I prefer 10-inch because it has such a great draw. They see it further. Um, mm -hmm. It's worth their while if they're going to come eat it, you know, for calories spent and, and consumed. It's it's there for the big one. Sure. Uh, right now, uh, springtime, we get a lot of dirty water, as we all know, in the northeast. Um, so when the water's dirty, I like plain old white. This is just straight up resin right out of the mold. All I do is just glue an eye on it, put a kill dot, hang hooks, make a tail. And this is the one that we're getting bid on. Uh, I don't clear coat the white ones uh, because there's a difference between clear coating it and mm -hmm. having flat white. It's how the light reflects uh, uh, reflects off of it. So when you have a clear coat, it kind of makes like tighter beams. It doesn't illuminate the water around it white. You have to see it to understand. Yeah, it's it glows. It, it, it literally glows. Yeah. So those fish, um, they cannot not see it. They see it. Dude, and it's 10 inches long. You're going to see it, man. <laughs> well, there's a difference. Uh, because mm -hmm. if these, when these fish, you know, first start pulling up and, like, they're sitting 14 feet on a ledge. Yep. I'm not sinking that down to them. I only work these maybe two foot below surface, if that. Okay. So, so you don't, you're not slow sinking them or waiting them <laughs> to get down there. You're purposefully keeping them right. high up in the water column. Because if I get that fish's attention – and make it look up. And if I can get her to come up to it, mm -hmm. she has a really good chance of chewing it. If I can make her come up, she's mm -hmm. probably going to eat it. Right. They, the big ones don't like to use up all that energy just to turn back around. Sure. And go home with an empty stomach. So yeah. uh, the painted ones, I go more when the water clears up. Uh, when we start getting into like, you know, like mid-50s. Uh, closer to 60 degrees, like almost when they're getting on beds, color really does come into play uh, for getting the big ones. How, well, tell me about that. What 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 are the color changes that you make when that um, starts to happen? Well, right now, like on our local lake, both ends uh, we have creeks that dump in. There's a lot of shad up in those in the mouth of the creeks, but this time of the year, you get one rain, everything's mud. And this is a big visual, so I kind of stay out of there. Um, but right now, the shad have a lot of red in their bellies on our lake. Like, yeah, blood red. Yep. Why that is, I don't know. I mean, they always get like a pink or, you know, like a blushy. But they're like blood red bellies. I can't say I know what I, that is. If you guys know why that takes place, but I've seen that a lot of yeah. times before. So, so you modify with the right. – show, show the, the pink yeah, belly. Yeah, this one is uh, grays, but 
So I put a lot of red or pinks in the belly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you get in that clear water situation, mm-hmm. um, you're just matching the hatch. Yep. You know, but uh, for dirtier water, heavier stain, it, it don't matter if it's cloudy or sunny. That raw white, unclear coated white, is my money maker. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Talk, talk to me about like you. When did you start getting into the big baits? So it was in 2020 during like the COVID shutdown. Yeah. I started just going to this lake. It was local. I was like, I just need to get out and do some fishing. I didn't yeah. know if I could drive down to Maryland at that point to go fish the bay. Mm-hmm. So I just started going over there fishing. And I'd seen Keith around before, and he came up to me and started talking to me. He's like, oh, you got to throw a glider. Got to throw a glider. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's throwing a chatterbait. Yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I was catching a lot of them on a jackhammer. Like, I yeah. always do, but not. The ones he not the he's right telling one. me he's catching six, eight pounders. I'm like, yeah, sure he is, whatever. And yeah. I um picked up one of the gliders, just a it's it's a Gancraft, just a one you get it sure tackle direct, That's I'm a, sure, or any yeah. of those places. Killer bait. It was great. Like I started catching some fish on it, and then Keith took me out, and that's what really kind of made it all start clicking. And I'm watching him throw his donk out there. That's ten inches. It's you can see how much larger it is than this bait, and he's pulling these fish up and i'm like he's actually catching six and eight pounders all the time this is not just talking about it it's it kind of blew my mind and um once i started kind of getting the feel of it kind of how to throw it and i I, like i said i learned all of it from keith it's he's a great teacher for it and um i caught a six pound smallie on that gangcraft the first time we went out and i was just working it working it it felt like my rod was gonna get ripped out of my hands when this fish hit and it was awesome. It was, like, that's what kind of really got me hooked on and addicted to it. And then Keith made me one of his donks. And now we were talking about it the other day when we were fishing together. I think I'm up to probably 40 fish on that one. And No kid. I've caught I, – I didn't weigh the biggest one. I had a bad scale that day. But I caught one two days later that was 688. And this other one dwarfed it. It was eight pounds all day. And yeah. I've caught two-pound smallies on it. Yeah. I've caught – like it doesn't matter the size it's just it's so realistic and those fish just can't resist it that they come up there and eat it it it, it's a lot of fun and it's addicting watching those fish even if you don't get them to bite it come up it's like you're hunting them yeah it's very interactive because i'm not when we fish these um i don't uh let these sink down so we're visually watching that bait the whole right. time yeah, so yeah the that's strikes cool. and you know it's like a top wire bite yeah you know so addictive yep. and then when you're catching like six eights and nines it's uh yeah <laughs> it's hard to put down this yeah time of year. except when they're when they're turning away from it well right and that ha- that happens, that's a big man. part of this how many fish turn know? away from your jig how many fish I, turn away from your sank? None, as far as I can see. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's uh, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm obviously you're not you're not looking at it as right. much, but right. uh, but yeah, it is. Um, it takes a commitment to fish this way. It does. Like you got to put the other rods down. You have to leave them at home. Especially leave them at home. Leave them at home. Especially when you're learning it. Yeah. If you you're need to commit to it. Right. Yeah. And and here's like probably the biggest thing is. If you're getting into this game, um, take all your pre-knowledge of bass fishing with, like, spinner baits and cranks and and throw it out the window and go into this with a clean slate because there is so many things that is polar opposite of what you would do because these have drawing power. It's a 
different game. It's a totally different game. Uh, the drawing power is what yeah. makes them special. It's interesting you say that because uh, Brian Thrifts, I, I was in, you know, I sat in on a seminar and um, about big baits, and he fished, uh, he talks about a lake that he fishes uh, tournaments on um, a bunch. I can't remember the name of the lake, but you can watch it on the seminar. But the, he uh, started throwing the big baits, the big glides around a particular dock and a place that where normally 15 pounds maybe was a good bag and would win consistently. Uh, the glide showed him like a school of right. six pounders, like, you know, five to Absolutely. sevens and eights came out and showed themselves right and he and him and his partner that after fishing there for 15 years they never knew fish of that caliber even lived in that lake right and uh that bait that bait can show you those things it will like i said like this time of year um i have a glider uh where i don't have hooks on it mm -hmm. and that is my search bait and like I said earlier, I'll go around and I'll hit those key spots where they're going to be pulling up and holding, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's rocky points or, you know, trees in the bluffs or whatever, or the right milfoil patch. And I'll throw it over there. And all I got to do is just pull it up. As soon as I see the fish make a rise, I rip the bait out of there, beep, waypoint it, and go to the next one. And that fish will be there for, you know, as long as the weather doesn't blow it out, you know, if it's tranquil, she'll be there for three, four days. You, you, your experience, it'll just sit right there. Yep. That's interesting. Yep. Yeah, this time of the year, because our water is 47 to 49. Yeah. She ain't going nowhere. Yeah, that's a. That, She'll that. be pretty much in a 10 foot radius of where we waypointed her. From and a, as we can even prove that day, we, right? We went back on a fish that. Yeah, right. That, that, you that was easily like an eight pounder. And I don't know how I didn't get a hook in her. We pulled up and I told him, I said, this spot. There's not going to be many fish here, mm -hmm. but the ones are, they're big. They're sevens and over. And we pulled up, made a couple casts, got blasted. She had – I still don't understand how they can grab these things and make a turn with it in her mouth, and you lean into her to set the hook, and it comes right out. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you just drop this thing next to you, it's stuck in you. Right. You know? Right. Is it, right? Hey, damn, them hooks are sharp. And they're everywhere. They, so, catch, they catch nets. So I ripped it mm -hmm. out of her mouth. Rods. <laughs> yeah. Rod tips. Yeah, rod tips. Uh, so I, I ripped it out of her mouth, and I couldn't, you know, and I told Brian, I was like, we're going to head out of here. We're going to come back, what, in an hour, I think it was. And uh, as we pulled up, you know, we had her marked by, like, structure off the bank there, and she was literally in the same three-foot radius, and she came up and smashed it again, and the same thing happened. That's crazy. I never got a hook in her. And she was over eight. Now, I have seen all kinds of hook modifications <coughs> on these. I've seen rotating. Uh, do any of those baits have the, the – oh, these are a little bit rotating. Aren't oh, yeah, they? they're swiveled. They're swiveled. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, the other one is uh, is the quad hooks that I've that I've seen on some of these big baits. Yeah. I'm what not, are your thoughts on that? I'm not a huge fan of quads. Yeah. It's just one more point that you got to – punch through bone mm -hmm. that's i don't know i'm not a huge fan of it i know how i know guys that swear by it and they do land or share i don't know I, the way i see it i think it's just one more point you sure. have to punch through something yep i i agree i agree with you in, if, in a lot of that if i was to use them i think i would use them on the rear because 
you do get your share of swipers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, maybe a quad on the back, it's one extra point if you get a swiper. It's one more point that can maybe catch her, mm-hmm. but I don't use them. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen guys use them. I've seen a lot of guys for the same reason. They actually land more with, with the travel hook. Sure. The, uh, the one – I'm curious because it's it's you lose such a high percentage, right? What would you say it is like? What if you if you have a, a seventy percent strike to catch ratio, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, you're doing good. Yeah. What do uh, I mean? Other than uh, Sunday, Brian, what do we? I mean, we had some followers. We had a couple swipers, and then that one swipers eight, swipers. <laughs> then that one eight pounder. I don't know what the hell happened. That man, she should have been on a hook. Twice. Yep. I mean, she was a – I mean, big girl. She should have had it. I mean, because she had it, and she was actually made the turn with the bait in her mouth and everything. And Man, I don't know. But, they, uh, they come off. It's, it's, it, you, hear, you hear it so often. And you also hear that and, and uh, the, the way to land them is you cannot stop. No. You got, you got to just keep them coming. It's all about cranking. Yeah. You know, if you want to fight a fish, pick up a drop shot rod. <laughs> that's true yeah. it's true that is true it's true because if you're playing these fish out you're gonna lose them well i mean how do you budget for the fact that you you know when that fish is coming hot and heavy and you know it's going to come fast and you know the carpenter is going to tangle the net <laughs> into the rods it's i mean you, don't you have to accommodate or account for that yeah it's called beer <laughs> 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 it happens so fast. I mean, because no, that's does. the other thing is, right? You right. got to be so thrilled, right? You know it's a big fish. What? Brian or the, whoever the net man is knows it's a big fish, <laughs> so it's a frantic scene. It, when this it is does going get on. a little frantic, especially with BTC on yeah, your well, back. You know, hey, got to <laughs> keep it interesting. Yeah, well, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, you just wind them, and yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Don't yeah. worry about me. You can't stop. I mean, you got to have the right rod. You know, you got to yeah, have so, the right. So we've got a lot of questions about that. Talk about the rod. Keith, you do something with your line as far as, you know, you go leader and, and yeah, I go, to braid. and Yeah, I go. Talk little, about the whole setup. Well, um, I'm using a G. Loomis swim bait stick. It's three to eight ounces, eight foot stick. Um, it's, it's a beef stick. It's a stiff yeah. one. But uh, I fish a lot of blowdowns, you know, lay down trees. Right. You get something that's eight pounds, that doesn't mean you're going to keep her up at the top of the column. I mean, they can sometimes overpower you. Or if you got branches just below the surface, you mm-hmm. want something that's just going to totally overpower her. Big 300 reel. Uh, I'm a braid to leader guy, and there's a couple reasons why I do that. Um, because I can change the sink rates uh, with my gliders uh, through the different leaders. If I do, if I want a little bit faster sink rate, mm-hmm. I could put fluorocarbon on. If I want to slow it down, I could put mono on. So I have that adjustability sure. instead of being spooled up straight fluoro or straight mono. I, I have that adjustability uh, without actually tinkering with hook sizes or different split rings. I can do like micro adjustments just through you know a leader. Um, but and with braid, I. I my hookup ratio is better than I feel, and I had I I have a little bit better control over the bait. But the backlash, braid, pow, gone. 
Ne- come on. That I doesn't won't matter. do it. You won't do I it. Won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm the opposite. I go, I go straight floor. I, I pretty yeah. much freeze pull my reels. Yeah. So I'm thumbing it the whole time anyhow. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. That's that's a funky thing with the, with braids, especially yeah. with a big bait. I don't rely on breakings. And, yeah. Know, yeah. But but it doesn't happen with the floor. It gives you a little bit of comfort. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It doesn't have quite the stretch of mono, but it gives you a little bit there. Yeah. And, you know? I, I don't know. I like that, especially when they hit so close to the boat. Half the yeah. time, it gives you a little bit more uh, wiggle room, I think, and a little more flexibility to, yeah, not just rip it completely out of their face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I know a lot of guys that you know swear just by mono, straight mono. You know, there's right. a lot of guys that hate fluoro with you know gliders. I never had an issue with it. But you're not, you're not, you're not bomb casting stuff. You're uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. Nah. So, you know, so you're a different. Yeah, word, yeah, I'm, I'm picking structure apart with yeah, more like a jig yeah just yeah i'm you know 35 feet on a cast so neat yeah i'm picking certain parts of you know the area apart you know the angles and presenting it to them the right way is huge real huge as as all fishing is right 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 Seems yeah like you're using it like a spinner bait you're using it pretty much like a close yeah. quarters tool i'm literally flipping and pitching gliders yeah. the way i now there's other lakes where you have to make that longer cast and yeah you know water clarity plays a lot into that it has too. a huge yep right that makes sense right that makes great sense hey we've got alex nayer alex the intern watching and and yeah, listening and monitoring so everything what, what's what's Alex? Yeah, we're getting as, as all fish right, is, right? right? We're getting right. we're getting double Al- feedback. Alex. Is that Alex's feedback? Alex. How, how are you, Alex? Man, you there? Hold on. Good, Pete. I heard that as well. I hope that's not. Oh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's you, Alex. But uh, just give me one second. <laughs> Hang in there, Alex. We'll come right back to you. But he's my. He, all you guys that are watching us over on Facebook, don't forget we've got a like and share contest and. Uh, we're uh, we're going to be giving away a, a, a prize for that as well as a grand prize at the end of the show for trivia. I don't know what the trivia. It's going to be something something to do with the uh, big giant glide baits. So, uh, so well, well maybe maybe not. But it's going to be an absolutely amazing can do question. That uh, good luck, good luck, everybody. Because it's, it's a yeah, it's well worth the, the prize that's coming. So awesome sauce. <laughs> well, yeah, just hang tight. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm over here doing stuff. So I can't see nothing. The rod I use, I use a favorite rod. It's a yeah. 711. It's kind of like a punching rod, but it's got enough parabolic bend to hold this big bait yeah. that it kind of lets me like fire it out there. Because yeah. there's times when Keith's talking about picking stuff apart, but if I'm fishing like a grass flat that's got a little bit more area, I'm trying to cover some water. Then I like to be able to kind of lob that out there a little bit further. Right. And that's where I think I use Seaguar. It's that fluorocarbon there. Let's be really fire that out there. This is what 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 pound test? It's twenty. That's twenty. That's my go-to. Uh, with it. I thought I thought for sure. I thought like twenty-five was like oh the no. standard. I throw know? sixteen. Sixteen. Gamma. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. Well, I I love gamma too. Yeah. It's it's kind of a heavy line, but yeah. yeah. Man, that's a light line now, for yeah. a big bait I, like I, this. I throw sixteen on the ten inches, and uh, and then for like the twelve-inch uh, donk I make, uh, that's six and a half ounces. I'll throw twenty. Now, the only time I'll go higher than that is if I'm in an area, you know, like docks and, mm-hmm. you know, where you have a lot of, you know, pilings or stuff like that. I ruckus. Will, yeah, ruckus. Why, why, why would you, you want to go so, like, why not go 25, like, or 30? 
or 50. <laughs> you know, why not go heavier? What is the what is the lighter or thinner I, diameter line <coughs> do for you with these big baits? I have a better, I much better control over it. Um, and also, uh, I did do the 30 pound fluoro and you know 25 pound mono. I caught way more in 16. I got you. I yeah. caught way more in 16. And I've played with the 25-pound fluoro, too, and I really think it, it keeps your bait that much higher in the water column. Like where he was, Keith was saying, you want it to be a foot to a foot and a half is usually like kind of that sweet yeah. spot. Once you get to that heavier, it, it just keeps that bait. you got to let it sink a little bit more in the, on the first like initial cast of it. and mm -hmm. It kind of just wants to keep working up. So if you can keep it just kind of coming horizontal at you, yeah. it seems like you get more bites that way. I haven't played with going any lighter than that. I, I like 16. He That's makes them yep. <laughs> occasionally. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a little difference there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the stakes change, don't yeah. they? <laughs> All right, I Alex, will, Alex has got his stuff fixed on his end. I, I will there, say so. this real quick about 16, though. Um, <laughs> after you catch anything that's like five and a half or bigger, just retie your knot. Oh, yeah. Just retie it. Just take that extra five seconds to retie Yeah, retie it. your leader knot, retie yeah. the knot to the lure. Well, I won't you know. the leader knot. I won't do that unless it's like over six and a half, seven. I'm a, yeah, I never well, had caught two sevens and you didn't change nothing. So right. Don't come well, in here lying. It's my show, so well, I'll no. call you out on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably because you had me so freaked out with that wonderful net job you got hey. going on. Come on. Hey. <laughs> Don't do as I do, do as I say. That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, are you back with us? I sure hope so, Pete. It sounds a lot better on mine this time. Am I good on your end? Yeah, we got you loud and clear, buddy. What do you What awesome. do you got for us? So we have a lot of good questions rolling in on YouTube, Facebook, and the message board. But I found a one of the better ones in particular that came in a while ago from Paulie B, and he wants to know from both Gray and Keith. He wants to know how do you guys utilize a glide bait on tidal water? And then let's say Keith goes first. I don't know. On tidal water. Actually, uh, yes. <laughs> actually made one uh, just for the that's flats. That's right. Yeah. Is this that this guy yeah, right that, here? Yeah. This is one of them. Yeah, that's it. It's a, is, it's a white perch. Um, and this is a really prevalent uh, bait fish big time. In, in a lot of the tidal waters uh, that we fish, uh, the white perch. It's got that kind of hunchback. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. What, what's, what's been your experience with uh, big big glides on the, on the tides? I'm sorry. What? There it is right there. Got it. Where we at? <laughs> yep. Yeah. You can see this is it's very this is a it's body shaped. It's it's perfect yeah. replica yeah. of a white perch, man. It's a nice nicely done. For tidal water? Um like like I, I know we fish the Chesapeake, right? Chesapeake's yeah. notorious for having Big fish, right? right? Ten pounders are weighed in in tournament. Well, one in the tournament, real close. Nine pounders yeah, uh, are infrequently yeah. weighed in. Yeah. There's big ones down there. Have you have you used these baits around uh, the tides in those yeah. fish? Yeah, I have. Uh, not so much because I literally just got done. I'm actually still currently working on uh, getting the kinks out of them. Um, but I did make that for down there, but I have thrown other ones, uh, 
you know, that are close to like this one that my son makes this. It's called a muscle hamster. Uh, I make one that's very close to this, and I've done very well down on the flats, um, like outgoing tide around eelgrass, uh, in the troughs, uh, depending on what time of the year, too. I mean, you know, where you're going to be. Is it pre-spawn, post-spawn, during the spawn? Yeah. If it's during the spawn, I'm not throwing it. During the spawn. Yeah, well, I, I guys have used big baits on during the spawn yeah. a lot of times for fish that they can't see because the fish will show themselves right. to them by coming up and trying to intimidate those fish. Have yeah. you have you been down in the tides using these baits? I played with it on the Potomac last uh, fall. We were fishing at BFL Regional. Yeah. I started throwing one over top of some laydowns when the tide was high, and I pulled some out of them. I couldn't get anything to commit to it, but yeah. there's definitely a place to play with it. And I think that pre-spawn, I haven't tried it that time of year, the only so place I think that's going to be a place. Yeah, the only place play. I haven't thrown and. Like, I'm sitting here thinking, it's like in the marinas. I don't know why. I, yeah. I never. I, I've tried it down it, Florida, though, with the canals a yeah. little bit. And it, it seems like you should be able to focus, like, right in that deeper water and get those big females to come up. And I only did it a little bit down at Harris the other couple weeks ago. It, it just seems like they should all be waiting there for just a nice big meal, like a go gold shiner comes by them or whatever, yeah. and pick that off. Yeah, well, well, you know they do. They definitely yeah. do, oh, yeah. and and there's you know from a that's a great question on tidal water, but it's uh there's there's only a f there's a few places that have fish of that caliber in the tides, mm -hmm. uh, the Chesapeake. You got the St. Johns River, uh, you know which uh, which has those real big bodied fish. So, uh, but it's it's interesting. I know uh, my experience with the tides are the the bigger the tide, the bigger the bait. You know, I always go really? big, I always go big on the bigger tides. So what? What do you mean by that? Bigger tides. Yeah, top secret stuff. We're not talking about tides in this show, <laughs> Brian. We're talking about no, 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 no. What are you talking about? Big tides. We mean like the higher the tide, okay. the bigger the bait. Okay. The, a lot you. of times, guys get caught finesse fishing on a higher tide, okay. and uh, the the bait tends to get lost. The fish can't Look at find. You trying it. to hold info uh, back, Pete. You know, I didn't hold it back. I was telling. <laughs> I'm, I'm that was interesting. It, no, yeah. I was thinking like like I don't think it's as a. Uh, what do I know? I just kind of started this whole thing, but I don't see it as as a as relevant a bait in tidal water situations. You know, you know, the Delaware is a small bait kind of place, and that ten pounder was caught on a four inch worm, Pete, on the on the chessy. All right, <laughs> snagged That's on funny. top of the I, head. I caught my biggest bass <laughs> down there Shaky on a, on a finesse bait too. You know? Yeah, so I don't think it's as important, but like like in a, a lake, a reservoir, that just some reason that brings them out yeah that makes them show themselves it does they can't help it yeah they can't help it. great question alex you got another question for us got all kinds. i sure do Pete. i'm gonna go to one that i saw off youtube here that i really liked and this one comes in from joshua harris and he wants to know do you fish the glides with a bow in your line and your rod up a little bit or do you do it a different way and we'll start with gray on this one and then go to keith yeah i like to keep a little bit of of a bow i'm not having it at like 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock it's usually probably down there at like 9 10 it's just a little bit and that's what lets that bait really get that side to side action and when you give it that usually with your reel it's about a half a turn and that's where that bait's going to kick and it'll go kind of real far wide and then you'll let it kind of pause there and you'll kick it again with that half turn on that semi like that little bit of slack there and it'll come back the other way you can really steer a lot of these baits around too and 
if you see that lay down, you can kind of see where the main trunk is or you're trying to work it down one of the branches. You can almost steer it exactly where you want it to go, and those fish will be kind of sitting right there, and you can put it right in their mouth almost. Yeah, I'll drive it around grass clumps. Yeah. I'll flip to the backside of, a, you know, like a milfoil clump, and uh, I'll actually steer the, the bait from the back to around to the front. And then I'll cast to the back of that clump again, and I'll steer around the other side to the front. Yeah, put in all those high percentage areas. Yeah, and right. Wherever she's sitting, hit the, hit the she's shady side. Hit does. the shady <laughs> side first, and then uh, go to the other side. Uh, but uh, same way, like Ray, I, d I don't like having you know tight line. My rod tips slightly up. Um, I like slack because this time of year, either I'm working this bait so slow. I mean, most of these baits, uh, they're about like one to two inches a second on the sink rate. Um, it's about that pause. You work, you know, you can just, I mean, it's nothing special. It's, it's, you just work it side to side, get a little flash going and it's about the pause. And this time of year, I do it two ways. It's either stupid slow with a lot of pauses, like a three to five second pause, or I'm overworking the bait in very short sporadic sessions where I'm actually cranking on hard and I'm implying rod tip into it. And I'm trying to make that bait fail where it's rolling on its side like a dying shad, which is a massive trigger. But you're doing it very short spurts. Like, as soon as that bait starts to corkscrew up or corkscrew down, slack your line, let's sit. They're going to hit it on the pause. How 99% of the time, they're going to hit this on the pause. How are you accomplishing that? Like, I've, I've seen most of the guys do tutorials like Carl Jacobson. It's, it's all done with the real handle right you know you're are you is that how you're doing yeah. it too 90 percent of it is you know i got my rod out slightly up you know or pointed straight at and everything's through the crank mm -hmm. everything that i'm applying action to is yeah. through my crank now there's other ways that you can get them to you know the swing wide is like as you crank you kind of sweep your rod tip and right. then you get a good pull with it and it'll drift off further I don't care about wide glides on our lakes. I, I'm hitting certain targets. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, unless I'm steering it around something, like a blowdown or, you know, a stump, I can yeah. drive that bait around it. Uh, but I'm not looking for super wide glides. Right. Not here. Gray, you're doing the same thing, right? It's all yeah. real handle <coughs> stuff? Yeah, no, it's all real it's handle. Like, you yeah. see it's like it's a half turn. Quarter turn, half turn right. kind of thing. That was the biggest thing that I didn't understand when I first started doing it on mm -hmm. my own. Um, I actually bought, after watching Polinick lose a giant up in a night at one time, on a, one of those Roman Day negotiators, I went out and bought one. It was probably like 2013. And the first time I went out there, I actually caught a two-pounder like right away on it, which I couldn't believe ate that big bait. <laughs> but um, – when I was trying to work it, I was like, I just, for some reason, pictured it being like you're twitching your rod, and I couldn't get the bait to really do anything. Right. And then I started just reeling it, and you kind of saw that natural motion that was in it. And then that's how I started using it. But I was trying to cover water at the time. I was trying to fish it like a spinner bait, like a chatter bait. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it needed to go as slow as you did, and that's where I learned a lot from Keith. And it's, I've caught so many fish because of that now. Yeah. Take us – you're fishing at the top level. How, how are you incorporating this, this into your tournament game? Yeah, so the 
biggest example I have of catching them on this in a tournament was down at Pickwick last year in the fall for that Toyota Series Championship. Mm-hmm. I'd figured out a decent pattern to catch a limit, and I was going to hope to have 10 to 12 pounds doing it. I was throwing spinnerbait, catching them out of some hydrilla that had a ton of bait in there. And we had four days of practice for this one. In the last five hours, I'm like, I just need to tie it on and just really see what I can do. I went to a completely different section of the lake, and I started rolling this around on some riprap, and I caught a four-and-a-half pounder pretty quick. So that kind of, I was like, all right, well, we're just going to do this the rest of the day and see what happens. I pulled up three, no, four other ones off different sections of riprap just all throughout the uh, creek I was in. And it, I was like, well, I'm not going down there to try to catch 12 pounds in five. I'm going to go try to catch 15 with three of them. And I didn't know if I could get five bites doing it in a day. And it turned out I couldn't, but I figured out first thing in the morning, these gizzard chad would get tight to that bank, and I would catch two each morning on this right away. They were, like, bigger than average fish for that time of year down there. Um, they were, I don't know, three to three and a half, four pounders, like which was good that week. It was, it was a very tough week down yeah. there. And after that, I couldn't keep it going in the afternoon. I think those gizzards pulled off that riprap and that rock. And then I had to pick up an A-rig and just kind of fight to go catch a bunch of spotted bass and smallies to get the limit. But I've learned a lot in the last two years that I'm going to start playing with it more and more. You can't live and die by it just because point standings is so important. Like one fish is the difference between making a championship, making a cut, making just getting paid that week. So once you can settle in and get a solid limit, I I really do think – I'll be able to get one fish or two fish maybe a year that are going to put you over the top and really push you up the standings. The more you're out there and the more you're doing it, you're going to learn and and recognize those situations Mm -hmm. or those setups where you need to throw that. Maybe it's just for two minutes. Sure. But in those key areas. And I think a lot of it's uh, lake dependent. It's got to have the right bait. Those fish have to be used to eating those bigger than average uh mm. lures so it's it's more important to have big bait than actually have big fish i think so for these tools absolutely that makes a lot of sense because the little ones where that big bait is the little yeah. ones eat it too and right small mouth because they're keyed on what the bait that's available is there yeah it makes mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense you know we we catch yeah. a lot of small fish on big giant top waters and a sure. variety of things mm-hmm. so it's all about all- the bait so so when what have you learned about that? Like, what what's your key to? All right, I threw a couple times, or man, I shouldn't have spent two hours. When do you when are you putting this down? What have you learned about that in the tournament game? Yeah, you know, you, you kind of have to just pay attention to see how they're reacting to the bait too, because mm-hmm. a lot of times you'll have these fish come up and they'll follow it, they'll dart at it. But there's a lot of times you're just basically taking them for a walk. They come up, they're just kind of moseying along. They're interested in it just because. Taking them for a walk. That's pretty cool. Yeah, (laughs) it's what it looks like. You're taking your dog out for a walk and taking it for a stroll. (laughs) It drives you crazy, especially in a lot of those clearer lakes. I was down at Murray last year, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't tell you how many big fish I pulled off docks that had no interest in actually eating it, but they really liked how it looked. You marked them, though. You can, and that's where – I caught a couple fish taking a wacky rig back in the tournament that came off those docks and was able to catch them. And yeah. I wouldn't have known they were there if I was just skipping a wacky rig around in practice. So I do use it in practice, I would say, even more so than I use it in a tournament situation. 
Right. Well, that you bring up a good point because I've I've asked this question a lot, and I'm, I'm interested in your answers to it. Is one of the problems uh, when you get those followers when you're taking them for a walk? Um, what's the, what's what's the follow up choice? Is there have <clears throat> have you guys found a way to get those fish to bite yeah. when when they're not committing? Yeah. Have you found one? Uh, it's actually pretty uh, pretty productive. Is that 15 inch Senko? <laughs> no. Watch uh, uh, triggering following fish. Um, I learned this quite a few years ago. Uh, like your true giants uh, that I routine, you know, when I see this happen, my bait is here and like three to four feet behind and usually like three to four feet below. If you got a tracker following your bait, it's a giant. It's 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 an absolute giant. The best trigger I found, a lot of guys, you know, they start really slashing the bait and trying to make the fish trigger on it. Uh, I found that that actually was, like, the biggest deterrent for where I fish. Uh, it's the simplest thing. I shouldn't even be saying this, but uh, I'll do it. <laughs> Fast <laughs> University. You I, have to tell the I truth. I know. <laughs> If the bass, <laughs> if the bass is below it and you're dropping your bait down, don't let the bait drop past the level of the bass. They don't feed down. They don't feed down. As it's coming down, when you think or if you can see it, um, when the bait is slightly above that bass or in line, never below, the smallest twitch of the handle. Just make that bait turn and now it's it's almost i don't you know know the exact reason why but it's like when those bass ride there they're in the blind spot of that bait when you drop it down and it turns it's like that bass's cover is blown and so many times that's when they just destroy it very few i've had turn away and take off usually it's like their cover's blown they have to make a decision and a lot of times, if they follow it that far, she's probably going to hit it. What if she doesn't? What is there? It's is, over. It's over. It's over. No options. Not you really. can't drop a drop uh, shot well, or well, a, a uh, Ned rig. <coughs> You're the Ned. A follow-up bait. <laughs> uh, going to the follow-up bait. Uh, one of my favorite follow-up bait is a white tube. And, and A that, regurgitated shad. And that will get them sometimes. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. Have you experienced that? I haven't been able to get any of them to bite after they decided to track it. It's <laughs> I need to Especially tell boys that are it, hungry. The truth it, comes out. <laughs> if she pulled, like, here's the difference. Like, it's hard with a follow-up bait if you're pulling them off of bluff walls mm -hmm. because you don't know what she came off of. But if we're, like, in the grass or, like, a flat and there was, like, a clump of weeds and she came out of there and started tracking it or, like, a, a stump or, you know, a piece of hard structure. Yeah. You know, just drop your rod, pick up that. I, I use a white tube a lot, and drop that up ahead of her where she's going back to. Right. And there's quite a few times where they'll they'll Pete, eat that. Trivia question for you, Pete: How many white <coughs> tubes did Keith have tied on the front deck of this tournament <laughs> this it, past weekend? Didn't need them. <laughs> You're right, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> He's fishing without a net, man. Without a net, man. This is like, true. It was like taking a five-year-old. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> which leads to the, which leads to the big, the bigger question. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> what, can awesome. you expand on that? What like did he throw temper tantrums? No, uh, it was just. What, what's a day? What's a tournament day like with? Well, ask me to go fishing, Pete, and maybe you'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, laugh your I ass did off this weekend. <laughs> I just asked you. Yeah. Hey, I'm at the ramp. What are you doing? Uh, I'm working, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> You got to move fast with me. Uh, yeah. What's that? What's that? What's that like? Is like, is he on time? Uh, does he show up with sandwiches? <laughs> wow. You know, <laughs> sandwiches. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, you did have sandwiches. Always. This yeah. was sometimes, I, it, and it was kind of funny because I knew we were going to win it. I did too. Um, uh oh. Because he showed up that. a half hour before launch. Mm-hmm. What? Usually yep. he pulls in. Launches at 7 a.m. this Beer time of year. cans rolling out of the <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Usually he's pulling in at, you know, 6.58. 6.58. Yeah. Not a minute wasted. Yeah. Peter, don't, don't. Yeah. Come on. We're boat three, and they're calling out boat 20. That's, Pete that's, can't bust my balls on that one. <laughs> so, yeah, he uh, he came in like a half hour early, and I was like, we're going to win the day, yep. man. Oh, man. That's cool. Yeah. So you're a half hour early. You, you're yeah. like, you got rain, you got weather. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's cold. Yeah, it was cold. Right? It was raw. It was damp. And it wasn't so much like freezing cold temps. It was just, it was raw. Wet. Yeah, it was wet. Yeah. It was but, so you guys came out of the boat the, the, the day swing because you guys started catching them right away. Right that, at least that's yeah. the story yeah. that I thought I heard Brian no, talk yeah. about. You guys yeah, first spot. Yeah. First spot. Yeah, we had like a, what was it, four and a half? Yeah. 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 Nice. Like, and like five. 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah. 712. Yeah. Yeah. The picture on my phone said 712. Yeah. The guys out in California right now are like four pounds, seven pounds. <coughs> you guys are fishing for guppies. Uh, uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The guys that live down south have it made. Those fish down there grow. I mean, like. They Texas, just jump in te- the boat. Well, no. Texas. <laughs> no, it's not like that. But Texas has bass that are 10 pounds or yeah, five years they old. They got 15 pounders. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. They're like. They have. Bass are ten pounds or five years old. Yep, you'll never see that up here. Yeah, nah. So like our ten pounders and nines and eights, what are they? Twelve, <laughs> thirteen years old <laughs> on pressured lakes. Yep. yep. You know, you go out and consistently catch those. Well, that it's are all, highly yeah. educated fish. It's all relative. It's all relative to your body. What for us? It's giants. You know, those are right. Those are what big I'm, ones. Yeah. So you guys, so you guys start out. You guys catch them right out of the gate. Yeah. Things are going well. Yeah. Uh, are you guys like high fiving? There's, you know, is he breaking out the sushi? <laughs> the <laughs> sushi know? from the from the uh, truck stop. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I did bring sushi on Pete's boat one time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First and only time we fished. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, it's all good, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. What do we have? I don't even know. It was. We it had the bag by ten thirty. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was before. I wonder what. It's oh yeah, it was ten thirty. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we've yeah. seen it. We've seen. It. We get a lot of like uh, Brian fishes. You know, a lot of buddy tournaments, and we often get the update at twelve o'clock in the afternoon, and yeah. he's he's on the highway halfway home. Never. <laughs> no. 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 I'm at the bar. If the place has one. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell do I want to go home for? <laughs> we, we, I love the. Those That's are the, a lie, those are from, Peter. Those are some of my favorite texts. He's so frustrated and pissed off. Yeah. The fish didn't bite, and uh, he's putting the boat on the trailer. I don't awesome. leave early. <laughs> Just as a Chesapeake. When yeah, you come back, control. you make the run all the way back to the northeast, and there's boats everywhere. Yeah. And it's like. The, you know, 
The ship sailed, man. <laughs> I know, I know enough. It's yeah, it's twelve thirty, man. <laughs> you know, and you're still sitting there. It's uh, like, ah. that's good stuff. Well, so when you guys put those seven pounders, were, were you, what were you guys doing? Were you like high five and you have special handshakes? Were you hugging each <laughs> other? What was going on in that boat? Oh, I was just after a while. I was like, oh, I want to get a freaking bite, you know. Yeah, this is cool, Keith. Great, great experience. The same thing. Uh, like, uh, for whatever reason, yeah. you know, I got I got one bite to Keith's four. It, it, it was crazy because you were doing literally the same thing with the, literally the same bait. That so you front end, you front ended him. Yeah, and I guided my buddy. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, I yeah. took him out there. We did experience something similar that they were biting first thing in the morning. First thing, yeah. yeah. We had three the rain. The, the weather first. changed. Yep. Yeah. It did. Yeah, we, we still had a falling barometer in the morning. And and then uh, we had a front come through like midday. And then the barometer swung up. And that's when things got weird with the bite. And it's just it's part of the game. Yeah, you had, we had just as many fish show themselves. Right, but they would but not didn't hunt. They, right. The commit. commitment. Right. So, great question, right? You talk. I know you <coughs> talk about barometer. We've talked about it on the show. Yeah. But weather's Pete doesn't huge, believe in it. Yeah. You know, um, it's a bunch of nonsense. But the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> weather is weather. Weather is key, right? Or it is. That, let me tell you. You tell me what is key. <coughs> when is all right? I'm out there. The, the the weather. When does the weather say, "Bam! This is it. This is the exact condition." That I need to be throwing this bait. Gener- what is that generalized or like on like my local lake? I mean, because well, like uh, to, take, all right. take me through both. All right. Um, well, they're very similar, but I'm just gonna throw a wind direction in for the one. Okay. Um, falling barometer pre front. Uh, on my lake, southwest wind. Well, the falling barometer. Okay. Is this Do time you have to have wind if it goes yeah, slick? Are you putting these away? Uh, no. Uh, you can still pull them up. Um, it's just going to lose that day. <laughs> stick it with it. Yeah. Right? Never give so, up. Nah, so wind is a, wind is wind, a big factor. Huge factor. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about – and, and falling barometer, huge yeah, factor. Yeah. Low like, – like uh, you guys Low. had rain, obviously, yeah. that. Yep. That's, well, a, that that's was, the right condition. Th- it was raining with a, uh, a dropping barometer, and uh, I think it, it was – Going in, it was going from like twenty nine eight to twenty nine seven. It was it was falling, not crashing, but it was still falling, and we had a lot of action in the morning. Like fish actually committed, right. to like trying to kill your glider, and then once that front came through and the wind direction, you know, changed from uh, like literally a one eighty, uh, and the barometer started going up, it the fish behavior was night and day different. Right. Yeah, it's pretty predictable. I mean, you can still kind of get but it's it's so tough sure but it's hard to put it down because when you're watching eight pounders coming up and you know they're either boiling below it like without committing to the lure it's Mm -hmm. like the it's weirdest thing like a lot of times they'll do this turn like a foot and a half below your glider and you don't understand why they did it but it's like why go through all that energy (laughs) not to touch it i don't get it just to upset you yeah or you get or you get the or you get the followers and they just follow it for like you know five feet and then they're like yeah 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 it's it's bizarre right but, yeah you so can... so there it is well falling barometer is yeah. usually indicative of a, of a overcast low right you know those types of conditions and the rising barometer generally speaking a little bit tougher to to, to get them to trigger so uh interesting so alex what is the biggest glide bait you own 
It's the size of the one that you were supposed to get, Pete. I haven't, I haven't even taken with a boat yet. It oh, is you big. Dirty that guy right there. Yeah. The, the one that I was supposed to get that's still hiding in uh, BTC's garage. Ooh. That's right. Well, you know, <laughs> play your cards right, you might see it, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right along with that fishing invitation for you. <laughs> yeah. See what I mean? <laughs> uh, Alex, you got you got some questions for us, buddy? Yeah, there was a good one that came in from Frank on the message board, and you kind of just answered the first half of his question of, you know, what conditions do you want to try and avoid when throwing a glide bait? But the other half was, is there any cover or structure that you try to avoid when you're throwing a glide bait? So we'll start with Keith here and then go to Gray. What kind of cover or structure do you guys try and avoid with the glide bait, if any? If it's structure or cover, I'm not avoiding anything. <laughs> I mean. Black death. Yeah. Wow. All right. You guys have that down here. Yeah. We don't have that up our way. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. The only thing, like, maybe uh, if there's, like, milfoil that has, like, a heavy slime all over it. We get that a lot of times after ice out. Uh, some of the milfoil has, like, that really nasty green. You guys got that black death down yeah, there. Yeah, sure. I'd stay away from that. But that's why I drive an hour and a half minimum <laughs> to go fishing now. That stuff's so nasty. <laughs> Each way. It doesn't matter which direction you're Don't headed. Don't matter, but hour and a half and stuff starts getting good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, slime <laughs> would yeah. be the only thing I would stay away. I mean, honestly, I mean. Nah, as long as it still has the bait around yeah. it and what they're eating. Those fish should still stay there. I think that's, that's one the of the thing. most interesting things said tonight was the fact that, you know, the big bait being present in the body of water, you know, and, and seeing what goes on at that unnamed lake that we won't talk about um, <laughs> is that presence of big bait. And you look at those big fish, they had stretch marks on their bellies. <laughs> it was ridiculous. They weren't that long, stuff but that they were like there. this. Yeah. And, they're yeah. you know, I, I just feel like they don't move unless it's – when you that know, when that water it's a big when, meal yeah well it's crazy uh when the water warms up a little bit more like i said we're still flirting with like 48 49 at the most right now we have 44 why well, now yeah. yeah well now it's it's up a little bit but uh when that water gets to like 55 degrees uh and you start flirting with that 60 degrees uh you like mid lake we start getting the, the, the big gizzard shads start moving up yeah um and it's kind of funny because you'll pull up to a spot and you'll see like a gizzard shad laying on top of the water. And the first thing I do, I scoop it up because I want to see the color. I want to see the size. I want to, you know, because I also make baits and I paint off of what I see for that time of the year. Right. And you'll see, uh, like if this is a gizzard shad, oh, thank you. You'll see a ring around them of missing scales. Up to the camera. Yeah. Like you'll see a ring. On, like if okay. this is an actual live gizzard shad, you'll see like a ring of missing scales. And what that is is. The bass don't know when they're full. They only know they're full when they can't swallow something. Fit it in. So they'll hit. The, how about it? Oh, we see it, it yeah. too many times. So we'll pull up to a spot, and you'll see gizzard shads laying there, and scoop it up, and you're looking at it for color, and then you'll see that ring. You know you're in the right spot. Yeah. You better start and casting. You better start casting, even though they're they're full. And they can't ah, eat a nut. Cool. They're not like humans. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't have that sensor that tells us when we're full. They they stop eating when they can't get another thing in there. Yep. And I've caught, well, I had a giant, and she had so many tails sticking out of her gullet. It's like, I don't even know how she got what was in there in. 
and she still hit that glider. That's amazing. Yeah, so it, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, we've all seen that where you catch a fish that's got a tail sticking out of the belly of something. So I know. I mean, we're, ta we're talking like about a stack of hot pancakes. Dogs out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. But she'll still, you know, stripers, you know, saltwater, same way. Yeah. They'll just eat until they can't swallow. It's about the size of the bait. I remember Ike won uh, on the Potomac River. Uh, he won fishing around the gizzards, and he, but in that instance, he, he – opted for the biggest square bill that he could find you know because it was you know it's all about mimicking you know the getting the right size so sure. that's if you got big bait no matter what the size of the fish that you're fishing for uh you need to try to scale up yeah. it's 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 an awesome topic i want to invite you guys also to watch oliver nye um his seminar that he gave us uh, on big swim baits. And here's something interesting that Oliver said. Um, yeah. Check this out. And this, this may impact what you're doing up there. But the true bigs, the truly true bigs, uh -oh. eat the side-by-sides. Oh, like once you start getting, in his world, over 15 pounds, it's the side-by-sides, you know, the like boot tail style uh like the defiance uh yeah. those big big giant baits um it's the the really really big you know have a tendency to be caught better on those baits yeah. but the 10 the, the little ones in his world the 10 to 15 pounders he catches them on <laughs> glides the all ones. the time you know <laughs> fascinating stuff yeah nobody's nobody's doing that yeah in that area with that great no no not too much so you were you were out you had your bass boat you didn't have the had the rig um and you had forward facing sonar yeah yeah i want to hear a little bit about because yeah. you're just learning you're really just learning the big bait thing kind of now yeah and i've done the forward facing sonar for the last probably three now and i've got that pretty dialed in out deeper but when i'm doing this the first time i ever watched one eat this it was purely accidental I was down at pickwick first morning of the tournament and I was just kind of parallel in this riprap. And I'm working it down, working it down. I just happened to look down for whatever reason at my Lowrance there. And I go, oh, cool, look, my bait. It's like this big ball. It's real bright, just like you would think a fish would look. And I turned it like one more time, and I go, there's another bait like, ball behind it. I turned it one more time, and I watched it. There's two come together, and my rod just loaded up. And it was cool. really cool. And I don't try to line up on it all that often like I would with the jerk bait when I'm seeing this fish that are suspended because it seems like a lot of the fish that are eating these come from the bottom. Yep. Mm. And like Keith was saying, they feed up. So it's hard to see them because they're either on like a ledgy, bluffy area that if you've used the forward-facing sonar, it's like real kind of staggered looking. So it's hard to s differentiate the bottom from a fish. Mm -hmm. Or when we're in the milfoil, those fish are down in there. But on, what was it, Sunday we were fishing. It was, again, one of those times I was just kind of scanning around. I was just trying to see if there's any life in this milfoil just in general. And I'm watching my bait. I saw it, and I just, for whatever reason, stayed on it that time. And I watched another one come up, and I watched it. What I thought ate it, and I set the hook based off, like, what I was seeing, not what I was feeling. Uh, and I, I pulled it too soon, yeah. essentially, is what happened. Yeah. Like, it, I... The fish was definitely on it for half a second, but it never had a hook in it. So we just got a power pulled down there, and we kept casting into this milfoil patch. And my buddy Brian caught our big one of the day, which was 590. And 
It took them probably five casts. Minimum. So, yeah. <laughs> Not Keith level, but uh, <laughs> we do what we can with our trolls. Right. <laughs> but it, you can learn so much with that forward-facing sonar. Yeah. Even if you're not actively targeting those fish to catch on the bait, you learn where they're sitting up. Um, you can see where the thinner areas are. So it gives you a little bit of an advantage that yeah. way. Right, right. Because right now the milfoil is only – two foot tall a lot of places it's under the surface mm -hmm. it's sitting in five six foot right there's a lot lot to be learned there especially with these baits and and forward facing it's great question though btc oh well, thank you, you know? something. Uh, but let's go to our man alex what do you say alex what do you what do you got for us let's do it. before i get to this next question i did want to remind everyone we still have that facebook like and share going so go over to facebook like and share the feed you'll be entered for a chance to win a 50 dollar sponsor prize pack gift bonanza from the bass university sponsors but the question we're going to go to is on youtube and there's a couple people commenting on this and it really got me thinking south jersey fisherman 028 was the one that sent it in originally he wanted to know if keith or gray had noticed any difference in the bite related to the moon phase for the big baits have you guys noticed the difference in that well i think start with gray on this one and then go to keith i don't know if i've done it long enough to really say i could pick up on anything um Pete wants uh, to weigh in on moon yeah. phase. <laughs> <laughs> they, maybe more so that they feed when it's full at night more so. So you're not getting those bites. They're, the fish are full during the day. Like first thing in the morning, you might be able to get a little bit of a bite going. But I would say that's probably the one thing I've noticed. Other than that, do you have anything with that, Keith? That I hate the full moon. Okay, well, there you go. I hate it. What, why do you hate the full moon? What, what vampires. happens? What are you seeing? <laughs> vampires. Are, are vampires. They, are, 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 other than vampires, are they feeding at night? I, or, uh, I would have to say most likely. Um, it's it's kind of crazy uh, with the moon phases. It's like has the most pull, right? So it, it's supposed to, you know, like if you watch fish charts and all that with the, the lunar pools, and it's like high activity and all that, but it's almost like the polar opposite. Um, and the, the best way, like with lunar pools, when you're out there fishing, we just did it yesterday. Um, listen to the wildlife. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When the birds are chirping and squirrels are running around and you, you know, or driving there and there's deer out in the field, <laughs> you might want to cover some water. <laughs> what? Uh, but like yesterday, uh, for whatever reason, it was so stagnant. Like, there was no birds chirping. There was no birds moving. There was no nothing going on, and it was tough. Uh, but for some reason, full moon, like on our lake, I despise it. I, I hate I it. I despise, despise it. What, Brian? <laughs> I hate it. Brian, it's the worst. Who was that that was talking about the wildlife, the monkeys, all going crazy uh, down in Florida? Like, uh, do you remember that? John Cox? Yeah. It was, right? Yeah. Yes, it was John Cox. Yeah. Because he was the day he had the 32 pound bag down at, at the St. John's, he was in this cove or this cut, and the monkeys were all mating and they were going nuts up on the bank. Huh. And once, once he heard that, he knew 
that the bass were going yeah, to Yeah, he wasn't going. in America anymore. Where the hell they got monkeys at, dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Monk, what the hell's going on? I, am I the only one that's trying to figure this out? <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's going it. It's, you know, nothing makes sense anymore. You know, anymore. monkeys. Fucking monkeys. Yeah, yeah, it's not the monkeys. You know, when the monkeys are spawning. <laughs> it's John Cox's world. I'm just living it. You know? This makes as much sense as everything, dude. But it, oh like sea God. monkeys. It's, you know what I mean? But apparently, the yeah. The freaking monkey spawn. There's some kind of monkey down there and they were spawning and so were the big <laughs> so this is know, ridiculous and it is ridiculous it's a, and, and this is why we're going to take a quick commercial break yeah, let's do and that. we're going to come yeah, back and we're going to give away some great prizes so uh it hit the message board hard there's a lot of good questions we're going to rapid fire through that Ooh. alex's mustache is fired up and ready to go <laughs> so. let's go let's do some we'll do some rapid fires we'll hook you guys up with some prizes if you haven't signed up go over to bashu.tv 30 days free Check it out. We'll be right back after this. Of you, seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rod? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod? That they're made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out during a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod i found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Find what you are looking for, catch more fish, have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? And we're back, Peter. And we are back uh, to Bash University Live. Welcome back, everybody. Really cool show. We're talking about big, giant baits, big bass, big baits. Big mustaches. Big Ooh. mustaches. That's right. Handlebars. Nobody, is Ike still wearing his handlebar? I don't know. 
I ain't, I seen, I ain't I seen him. I seen some uh, social media. He's looking pretty handlebar. He. I heard he might have caught a g -g 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 double digit. Ooh. Maybe. Yeah, hopefully it didn't burn that <laughs> burn that bridge down there. Where? The chick doesn't have as many of those big double digits as it used to. I, I don't know. It's just maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Well, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we've got it. We want to do some rapid fire, Alex. I know uh, a lot of people are interested in this topic and want to talk about big baits. And um, I am the expert, so I want to. <laughs> I have yet to catch. I have not caught a glide fish. I have yet to catch one. So Let's go, buddy. it's gonna it's gonna be happening pretty soon. And I lo I love talking you about gotta, it. You got to you got to get on his boat yeah. and watch him catch them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'd be better at netting. <laughs> Probably will. Probably yeah. will. <laughs> but I will not be 30 minutes early. <laughs> That's all right. There you go. I will be right on time. <laughs> right. No time wasted. Yes. No time sitting around at the ramp wasted. That's right. The big dog shows up last. Uh, Alex, I want I want to send it to you. Let's hit some rapid fire questions, buddy. Absolutely. So the first one comes off the message board from Team No Fish. He wants to know when would you make an adjustment on the fall to trigger bites? He said he saw a video where Keith was adding weight to his bait, and he was wondering what scenarios you would do that in, Keith. Uh. Usually, like, if I'm adding weight to my bait, uh, I'm actually adjusting my bait. It's not so much to get it sink down deeper. I really don't fish them deep. I really don't. I, I have a theory where I want to bring them up. Uh, I'm actually adjusting uh, the sink rate because, like, the way these are uh, made, like, literally a half a gram, one gram will make it float or sink. And throughout the day, if the water temperatures change, you know, or get colder or whatever, I'm always adjusting they maintain that sink rate. Uh, you know, you can go from one end to the lake to the other where, you know, if you're fishing and it's like like 49 degrees and you go up into like the one end, like a big flat and the water's like 55, you got to make an adjustment because now the water's warmer, your bait's going to sink a little faster. You know, if you're looking for a really slow sinker. So I don't put weight on to make it go deeper. I just wait to maintain uh, sink rate so great question gotcha so the next one we'll go to for the rapid fire off of youtube is from joshua harris and he wants to know do you always try to bring the glides with the wind or the current it seems i rarely get bit on them when i'm bringing them against the wind mm, against the wind or with the wind what's the answer to that question um well it's what bait fish do uh gizzard shatter filter feeders so majority of time your gizzard shad see it here's all right Gizzard shad tend to, you know, usually swim into current because, you know, they're filtering. Uh, but that's not sometimes the best way. Like, if you're hitting, like, a, like I don't really bomb cast much. I, I'm, I'm hitting targets. So uh, I'm, I'm always trying to bring the bait. Like, I have to visualize where that fish is going to be holding on this piece of structure. And I want to bring it to them head first. Um, I actually want the fish to see it coming, which is kind of like against what a lot of people, how they fish it. They want that ambush. They want to be like, like all of a sudden it's a surprise that there's a big bait next to a fish and it reacts to it. I actually want it to see it uh, because like big fish, uh, I want them to start lining up on my bait. And they will actually line up on it. They'll move. I watch them, you know, start making that move as the bait is coming to them. 
so, like, casting into the wind, or, or get it, it, to me, it's not that much of a, it's, you know, I'm hitting targets. So, wind, wind, uh, wind's not that much of a factor? Uh, it's for, it, except it, well, for the fact I'll, you got to have it. You got to well, have yeah, it. Well, yeah. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll chase the wind. Mm-hmm. Like this time of year where the water is cold uh, and you start getting the surface temps, you know, warming up, I'll chase that wind to where it's blowing on a bank, if it's the right bank. Uh, and then what happens like throughout the day, you know, if, you, if you're like if you launch your boat and it's 45 degree water and then, you know, midday it's like 47, that two degrees is huge. And what happens when you get the wind blowing the same direction all day Instead of it being right, instead of it being six inches of you know forty seven, it's pushing on a bank, and that water starts to get warmer. Water gets pushed down. Now it might be four feet later in the day. Makes a big difference, and it doesn't matter if it's on you know like a bluff wall with rock or trees or you know laydowns or or if it's going on a flat with milfoil. It's the rising temps, and so like, and it's a give and take. So if you got like a driving wind um, pushing against a bank, it's pushing warm water somewhere, and it's also pulling up cold water from somewhere else. So right. y- that's why we chase the wind. We we try always try to go where the the wind's you know stacking it, so to speak. Great, great, great answer. Great question. Uh, and Alex, let's keep going. You with me, Alex? I am now unmuted. There we go, Pete. So another one that came in off the message board from Joe V. He wants to know, in the summertime, does the thermocline come into effect at all when you're throwing these big baits, Gray or Keith? Joe V. I don't fish them in in the summer enough. You know what? Uh, I do not a lot. Uh, And if I do, (laughs) it's more nighttime or first thing in the morning like the first hour of sunlight or the last hour. And, and that, you know, I'm hitting the, the same thing I hit now in the, you know, in the springtime. I'm hitting grass lines, trees. But during the midday, I got other things I throw. <laughs> it's, it's tough. Some, it's it's it, tougher. It, it, it is. It, it, that's – and that makes sense. And I, I've heard that through a lot of the seminars that we have at Bashy TV. It, it's tougher to get those reactions in the summertime. It, it's better – in Absolutely. the in the spring and the fall, the colder water temperatures. Yep. Yep. And well, you also have in the springtime, you know, the right fish are up. Um, you know, and we're mostly going after giant females mm-hmm. that have roe that they have to eat to supply nutrients to. So like the things in our favor are tremendous. You know. For, right. For throwing these. Yep. You yep. have everything's in your favor, really. They got to eat. They got to eat. They got to eat. They got to eat. Fish got to eat. Great, great question. Joe V, what do you got next, Alex? So this question came in off of Facebook from Duke Knave, and he wants to know, is there a specific pre-tournament ice cream that works better for glide baits? (laughs) (laughs) I missed it. He was yelling. (laughs) No, I got that one. Uh, You got it? (laughs) We've uh, had some ice cream over the days. I used to room with Duke uh, for the Toyota Series. What are you talking about? It's all about the Butterfinger and the – Ooh. Ice cream? What? Butterfinger ice cream? I didn't have the r- it the first day of uh, the Potomac. The first year I fished the Toyotas had like ten pounds. Second day I had it, eighteen. In the boat. In the boat. 
No, no, you eat it the night before. Oh, you eat it the night before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, you eat the night before. Yeah, but now I have ice cream before every tournament uh, day. That's Mint awesome. chocolate chip works pretty well. We're pretty sure it's the green. It's like money. That, that helps you catch a couple extras. That's awesome. Don't, you can try our secret down there. The, uh, the James coming up All here right. if you want. Come All over right. the house. We'll get. We'll <laughs> oh, have a whole geez. tub of it. All right. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Wait, you guys. Never mind. <laughs> Brian, don't go uh, there. Leave it alone. Leave it alone, Brian. Uh, <laughs> Good question, Duke. Great question. <laughs> Great question. Yeah. Next question. I like. I like rum raisin. We'll have to <laughs> give All it a try. <laughs> I don't know if that catches them or not. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know either. Let's. I like to give it a give it a try. Yeah, yeah. What, let Let's get Let's hit him with another one, Alex. So this question is for BTC. It comes off of YouTube from <laughs> oh, Brian no. Brown, and he wants to know, Brian, what was one thing you learned Sunday on the back of the boat with Ooh. Keith? Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Oh man, one thing. I learned a lot of things. Um, and actually, didn't learn this from keith as much as i did myself but i had two bites and i probably could have hooked the first one mm -hmm. i never saw the fish but i saw my bait i could see the bait because it's, it's the raw yeah. white it's got that aura that halo around yeah. it and it it just went poof, acted a little funky and it went pulled and it was like it was like hung for a second uh. and it was in her mouth mm-hmm like maybe just the hooks or something because right. the second bite I had and again it was after the weather changed and the bites got really tough yeah. and you you weren't hooking any at that no. point second one I had same thing but I leaned into her more and hooked her so it's just a little subtle subtle thing like mm -hmm. you feel something just yeah. react on it because they're probably not but all hooks that are slam bites right no sometimes no. they no. just well probably... yesterday um like I said I we were fishing a little bit and I literally thought I was snagged on a limb. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> it was a fish. <laughs> like, they just came up. Yeah. And literally sat that. there with it. Yes, that wow. was the same yeah. bite I had. Right. And yeah. I could see the bait. I couldn't see the fish. Yeah. And it yeah. seems like when they're hitting softer like that, it seems like the swipe to the side. Yeah. yeah. You seem well, to get right. those hooks into the fish better that say. way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, good point. Um, as the water warms up, we get a lot of followers. And, and like in the bluff areas, and we start getting more gizzard shad up and everything. And these fish have a tendency to follow it off the bluff walls. And they'll either hit it halfway to the boat or right at the boat. Like I'm talking like five feet off the side. Now, they don't, I don't think they see your boat as like the guy who's holding a rod at yeah. the line. You know, they just see it as a like an ob obstruction or a turning point for that bait fish. And they will actually – I've caught so many, literally not even a rod's length off – the worst thing you can ever do is set the hook up. <laughs> if you swing up, and we all do it, and I still do it, because yeah. we all get caught up because yeah. you're watching this giant fish come up, and then, and then it ah! – Oh, my God, <laughs> dude. And Darn it crushes it right at the boat. And you get you know, you know get wrapped up in the moment. That's sure. why we do this. So it's, you know, that's why we're here. But if you swing up, the chances of you sticking that fish are so slim. You have to sweep. Sweep to the side. Yeah. If you got to cross Brian's eyes with your stick, you do <laughs> I'm it. I'm good with it, man. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. That's Let it fly. Put goggles on. Power. Yeah, it. but sweep the rod. Hook sets are really critical on, like, how you do it. Yeah. Um, now, and it's also another thing, like, watching the bass actually eat that bait and how the bass eats it. Uh, if that bass comes up 
from the belly. We call it the jaw strike. I mean, it's what, just what we call it. When that bass actually comes up from below and grabs it like that, it's more or less you just reel and lean into them. Mm-hmm. If if you start like really jacking like Superman hook sets, the hooks are the first thing in that bass's mouth, and they're going to be in the gills. Now you don't want to rip the gills out. So and and you know like like these are owners, they're so sharp. You don't have to, you know, give it the old Superman yeah. swing. Rockstar, power, whatever sweet. you want to call it. It's not a jig. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's not a jig. Awesome. So. Great question, by the way. Great, great answer, BTC. Wait, <laughs> well done, well done, Alex. Hit us with a couple more, and then we're going to go give away some prizes. What do you got, Alex? I keep forgetting to unmute myself, Pete. I'm losing my marbles over here. <laughs> this one came in off the message board from Nico Dutton, and we kind of had this conversation a little bit while we were feasting on dominoes at the Classic, but Nico <laughs> wants to know, have any of you ever smacked your partner in the face with one of these glide baits on its way oh. out into the water? Oh, no. Has that ever happened? No. Not yet? No. Sure. Maybe next week with Brian, but that's out of bag. fishing next week? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Tomorrow. Do, do it before they cut you open. When Might you're see you guys tomorrow. Good night. I can't. I, I imagine getting hit with the bait would hurt worse than the hooks actually going in. Well, you the know? bait will numb your skin yeah. before the hooks go in, right? <laughs> it's it's getting, like Novocaine. Yeah. yeah. It's the getting it out. No, part. I never, I never got hit. I never hit anybody else. Um, come close. Actually, yeah. you know who almost hit me? Like, <laughs> I believe he's that. He's a freaking maniac. <laughs> yes, man. he is. Yep. Dude, that thing was like, I'm like, yo. Glide bait? Yeah. Hey, who's throwing the muscle hamster? The hamster, the little hamster. Yeah, hey, yeah. That little thing, you really get it going, man. That thing's going. On the hook set? No, casting. Oh, casting. Yeah. Oh. Hook set, I wouldn't be mine. You know, it's just a rod hit. Yeah, he about knocked me out one time with a spinner bait. Dude, he's like. I remember t- it's I like remember right here. It's like, like you know. And I'm like, ah, man, I'm like on top of my trolling motor, you know. <laughs> I'm uh, like spinning the boat, trying to make him cast the other way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to keep the GoPros running because you know it's happening. Somebody's getting whacked uh, with one of these yeah, baits. I hope not because that's yeah. not good. I, I got a top water in the head. I've gotten spinner baits whacked. Oh, I've in been the hit head. by other baits, but yeah. not. Not a glider. I got took a rattle trap from a buddy in the back of the head. Ooh. It opened the hooks up, luckily, but I was bleeding. And <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I didn't take him fishing again. Nah, that was it. <laughs> that was a one-and-done sort of deal. <laughs> All right, Alex, let's, let's, let's take one more and let's give away some prizes. What do you got? That sounds like a plan, Pete. The last one we'll go to is off of YouTube from Joshua Harrison. He wants to know, do you guys ever throw the multi-jointed glide baits? And if so, is that more of a summertime thing, or what would be your preferred time of year for those multi-jointers? If I was throwing the multi-joint, I'm throwing it over grass. That's a actually a really good – you know, you don't get the glide. It's more in line, like a snake motion, so to speak. Uh, that And you can actually work them a little quicker. Uh, that would be – something i would be over like flats like you know submerged grass and all that that's where i would throw that i do make some like that but i i honestly i rarely throw them so i've done a little bit with it down on the herring lakes so i was just gonna say murray yes those fish are out there busting chasing those bluebacks yeah and they they want something erratic and fast and yeah 
That's a great time to you throw. You can cover yeah. water with them too. The the uh, Rob Jordan gives a great seminar. Uh, he he uh, fishes at tournaments and, and guides down Lake Lanier, Herring Lake. Uh, he's a specialist on that, and uh, he talks about the straight line action of those multi articulated mm-hmm. baits. You know, and the, and that's the nature of the herring. The herring runs fast and straight to escape, and that's what those baits are designed to do: is to run. Yep. Is is the that straight line retrieve? So, uh, yeah. so so go. You can go learn more about that. But the herring lakes seem to be when they shine. I remember when uh, uh, the the Bassmasters were down on Lake Murray or Hartwell. I forget what it was, but every single pro had one of those magic swimmers. Oh, I think yeah. they're called the old Sabille. Or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. They they had everybody had that on because it's a perfect herring. Uh, a replica so uh hmm. but gr- but great question man i alex nice job buddy you you feeded us really well tonight <laughs> feeded <laughs> you fed <That's> floral <laughs> did i just say feeded it's much gooder that way <laughs> that's fantastic everybody do a shot hold on we got some tin cup going <laughs> uh, that's, a shot for that that's one. that rutgers university education at work mm. right there <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful, Pete. Uh, sorry, Rutgers. But thank you, Alex. Uh, I, I appreciate you with all the great questions. I, I got one. I saw this earlier on the message board like an hour or two hours ago. And um, guy asked, in a tournament situation, right? And we just came off of that. Uh, do you go with both guys throwing a glide bait or one guy throwing search oh, baits? And another? that's a great question. It's a great question. We just, you know, kind of. Never really got to it, and I don't know who asked it, but great question, anonymous person. I think the only time you pick up, like, have both guys uh, throwing a glide bait is if you're actually catching them on a glide bait. Yeah, yep. I mean. And if you have the limit already. Well, that's that, that was what I was going to say, and that we were talking a little earlier. Um, I don't – see, like, to throw these in a tournament, like a local tournament. Yeah, yeah. Right, right whatever. One day or – Right. Yep. Stuff like this. Where the fi- fish haven't know. been pummeled right. for a week in but, practice. All right. So, like, so, right. whatever tournament. Um, if you're out there and you don't know what the bite's going to be, why not? Right? Or if you're out there and, let's say, like an average winning weight of that body of water, let's just say 20 pounds, and you have that, you know, I don't know, by noon or whatever, and you got 2 o'clock weigh-in, why not have somebody? You know, and then recognizing, like, if you were pre-fishing where you pulled up bigger fish, go hit those spots. Go replicate those spots. What What do you got to lose, right? right? But or if, it, it, or now if, if you're got catching absolutely on nothing them, going on, swing for big fish well, in the event. Or hang go on, the here, here's something weird. <laughs> 12 so, o'clock on the boat launch. A lot of times, like, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of times I'll go out and I always start with a 10-inch, right? And it might be slow. I'm not getting bit. Majority of the guys will actually downsize to, you know, maybe like six and a half or seven and a half or whatever. There's times when you upgrade. You got to go bigger. Right. And that's the sneaky adjustment. That's the hardest thing. Yeah. We were touching on this earlier. For the people getting into this, the biggest mistake that they all do is they take the knowledge of throwing conventional stuff like spinner baits, crank baits, uh, you know, like the, the 
the tried and trues, what you grew up throwing, and throw that out the window. This is so different. The fish react to it totally different. Night and day difference. It 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 and it hurts a lot of guys. And it really does. Um, like just touching on something like this. Bluffs. How I fish bluffs, I don't pair well. I don't even forty five degree angle. I cast straight to that and I bring it straight out. And I'll smoke you every time doing it. Interesting. But now if you throw in a jerk bait or you know, or a square bill or something like that, you want to have your boat up against that. Yeah, and, well, and well right, well, or close. So you're because keep, right. you're keeping it in the strike zone longer by being forty-five or being parallel. You're you're not trying to do that. You're trying to draw them up. I'm you, trying to draw them out. Draw it, them out. Yeah, it, it's actually. I know a lot of guys don't understand this, and I proved that, it. Too many times. Yeah. I got um, a follow-up question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, I'm just saying. I am casting. and you know, that's, I mean, I am throwing it right to that wall, and I'm 90 degrees straight out. I don't angle it or nothing. How no. about what well, we were out? No, the first time we ever did that, right. I, I was like, this is wrong. I don't know what right. we're doing. And then, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Take what you know yeah. and throw, throw it, it out, out the window. Inch. This is totally right. And the different. guy in the back of the boat's out there off the inter- intercontinental <laughs> shelf, you know what I mean, in 180 foot of water. <laughs> That's his problem. <laughs> That's what? good, Keith. Now, the, when these are <laughs> holding the net. <laughs> I'll just get the net and the sandwich. I'll be back here. <laughs> Talk to but Now, these are obviously a big bait, uh, and it occurs to me as you're throwing at the bluff or right. at the target. Right, or, or, you're gonna, you're gonna, well, you're gonna be making a monster commotion when that bait hits the water. Oh. No. Do you, do you, do you, do you do I can feather, something? I can feather this bait in where it makes a ripple. So you're, you're, you're hyper conscious of its entry. The, the, the only time I actually drop these baits in to make an actual commotion is this, uh, like. Like a steeper drop, not mm. so much a bluff, but like a steeper drop, like 30 feet out, 30 feet of water. And if those fish are like sitting on a ledge at like 10 to 15 foot, I will drop it literally right above their head. It might only be eight feet off that bank. And I will purposely slap it, make a slap. And those fish go, right, what's that? And then, you know, I might do a couple really crazy hard, you know, cranks on it. And the thing is, you know, if those fish are 15 feet below and they're looking at something that's, thir- you know, three-quarters of an inch wide, it's kind of hard to see. And in the springtime, you get a lot of, you know, stained water, might be a little cloudy, dirty, whatever. When I crank, and I'm, I mean, I'm hard, and I'm trying to make the bait fail, and I make it corkscrew. So now it slaps the water, those fish look up, and then all of a sudden the bait Side does flash, this. Yeah. Massive trigger. All right. All right. When you don't want it to do that, how? what are some tips to feather that bait in for a quiet splash? Just like you do with a jig. Just like flipping and pitching. Right. Same thing. It's just bigger. Just give it that little pickup right before it hits yeah. the water. Just right. You're, you're, you're shooting it low to the water, mm-hmm. fast, and then you stop it with your thumb and you bow the rod just a little bit. Gotcha. And it just goes, boop, nope. little ripple. Very nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, see, now I always go for the. And he is. I the always go for that last Five year old kid. <laughs> He's the five year old kid falling off a boat with his gliders. And I'm like. <laughs> and it's, and it's always happening right on top of where you're working. Oh, yeah. Yours, you know. Right? Sorry yeah. about that. Sorry again. <laughs> I'm know, in the I'm, back I'm of the boat on the backhand. I'm shooting my gliders up, and he's sitting there doing like this gigantic arch. <laughs> Uh, on the backhand. He's like, that's my uh, shoulder. That's I can't stuff. do that. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> doctor said. Yeah. Doctor. <laughs> uh, I love it. Hey, that's great stuff. That's uh, that's really key key stuff that we didn't get to talk about. I'm glad we, that popped up with the question. Yeah. We have a trivia question, right? This is from the mind of Ken Duke. What do you got for us? We do. B? Ooh, yeah. The Duke, man. Talk to All me. right. Hold on. Okay. So, the very first double-digit bass caught in a bass event was caught on what i'm gonna start with that i'll have i got some more clues because i think it's gonna be a tough one it's well worth it somebody hold up vanna white that well i mean i mean if you're if you're i mean we're talking about big swim baits right so i would assume that that's going to be one of the answers you might assume that all right you're sneaking us Trick question? I mean, it's the got? first double-digit The bass first double-digit bass. In a Bassmaster event. It was caught on what bait? What, what year was it? Well, we haven't gotten quite there yet, Pete. <laughs> I want to let the people, <laughs> right. you know, get register some I want to guess. Yeah, well, I want to guess. Alex is hard at work on the board. It, w- to win. it was not It was not at Lake Mead at the first Bassmaster Classic because I don't think they have 10-pounders there. I don't think they ever had 10-pounders there. What, you know, this was. A, I wonder where it was. A few Florida. years into it. Yeah, it could have been. I'm thinking. Florida, probably. Florida. I, it clearly could have been Florida. It could have been Eufaula. Yeah. Or Seminole. Seminole. He's got to meet Ken at the Classic. Yeah. And he's almost going to send him his contact info any minute now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> nice call, Alan. Yeah. Thanks. I brought his name up when we were driving down, Ken. Yeah. He's like, oh, I got to get him back to him. <laughs> <laughs> Things been a little hectic, man. I understand, buddy. Yeah, I know. We've it's been fishing good. every day. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I win in tournaments. I have a guess. And before we give the answer, I want to I want to guess at what bait it was. So you got it. Before we before you give that away, what? I want to say I've never heard of it. Oh no, Ooh. then I don't have the right answer. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. Alex, how we doing over there? What are you saying? Anything even remotely close? We're getting in the in the ballpark. There's a lot of people just saying generic bait types and things like that. But guys, we're looking for the specifics. So, you know, let's say you could say Rapala DT8. You could say you know, the pop are things like that. We need the specific bait and the brand. Some combination of those two will, will get you the win. There's guys in the ballpark, but we're we're not quite on the field yet. All right, I'm going to go ahead and say 1973, Florida Invitational. You guys were, the you next, were right on Florida. Florida. As the next clue. 1973, Florida Invitational. I think that's five years into Bassmaster, according to the mind of Ken. They didn't Man. have chatterbaits yet. Yeah, <laughs> they might have. And I, I, you know what I, I'm thinking of, and I don't, I don't. This was too late, but I, I'll never forget. Nobody will ever forget is the Bassmaster, um, the Mega Bucks, Larry Nixon, amazing fish catch in the lily pads, uh, where that giant fish, yeah, Harry Yeah, 
Exactly. Yeah. That w- in in that party cove yeah, where everybody right the island where everybody did good this year. Absolutely. Yeah. How about that? I've tried yeah. fishing that spot every time I've gone there. <laughs> 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 it was lit up this year for the elites and for the MLFs that went there after. You yeah, know? those guys still got them. I started practice there. I was like, I gotta check it. And yeah. I spent yeah. about two hours. It was raining and. It wasn't happening. I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm not dealing with a yeah. group of people anyways. Yeah, I think, well, moved on, was he in Little Hair? And anyway, you never forget that, dun, dun, that classic Bassmaster music <laughs> and Larry putting his rod down, trying to keep that fish to, from jumping. And, it's like and a 12-pounder, wasn't it? I don't know that it was that big, but was it, it was oh, huge. Yeah. And I remember him saying something to the effect of, like, it can't be that big. Or, do you, look, did you see the size of that? Yeah, yeah, something, yeah, yeah. something crazy like that, you know, in the moment. With one of them, uh, it seemed like like a, a, a pistol grip rod. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think he got him on a worm. Of course, that's all oh, yeah. he ever, you know, or that's his And pistol grips fame. were terrible for your wrists. <laughs> terrible. I interviewed yeah. Hank at the Classic, man. He's got a whole series of pistol grips. And, for what, though? Uh, well, for, you know, spinnerbait fishing and spinner close baits. quarters. Oh. Yeah. The flipping. Oh, man. <laughs> flipping dots. Yeah. It's just getting that rod handle. He described it. Getting that rod handle out of the way allows much better casting accuracy, less rod fatigue. Does he choke up when he, on the hook set? I, <laughs> like Pete Rose? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But well, that was great while you guys were having that conversation, <gasps> we did get lucky enough, and a winner has come across get the board here. here. Is his name Ken Duke? <laughs> <laughs> Might be his alias. I'm not quite sure but the winner of the prize tonight is lee c with the correct answer of the jw lures hog hunter it was a 13 inch plastic worm and that reeled in the big bass of that tournament that was 12 pounds and 13 ounces congratulations lee c wow i did not think somebody would get that fantastic job you you said uh florida lake what what body of water you said florida invitational what body of water uh, is it said? Says St. John's River, Pete. St. John's River, 12-pounder. Mm. Awesome. Great question, Ken Duke. Thank yeah, you very fantastic. much, buddy. Awesome. Man, that was really good. Ken's really cool. Really cool stuff. Keith said hi. We hope to see you real soon, Mr. Duke. And uh, we have uh, a Facebook like and share contest going on. That Last chance, guys. Get over there. Like us. Share us if you're watching over on Facebook. What do you got, BTC? There were eight bass over 10 pounds caught in that tournament. Wow. Strong yeah. damn. Wow. Including another over 12. An angler's name, Pete. Any guesses? No. <laughs> Is it somebody I might know? or I don't think so. Obscure guy? Bob Tyndale. Who? Bob Tyndale. Bob Tyndale. Greenfield, Missouri. No, sir. No, sir. No. Before before all of our time, but uh, twelve pounder. I'm glad. I'm glad Ken's out there doing it. And uh, you know, we are going to speaking of that. We have Randy Howe coming on uh, Bash University Live in a couple weeks, and we're going to be talking about catching your personal best because he did it twice in one week uh, in Texas, really? uh, Louisiana. It, I it was Louisiana. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. It, he got. Uh, one, first day he broke it, then the next day he broke it again, his personal best. So we're going to be having him in studio. We're releasing some uh, some great instructional stuff from Randy Howe and look forward to talking to him about that. What do you got? Well, Brian Thrift kind of started this night off. Was 
Brian Thrift's, uh, and we're going to roll out to a little a little snippet from that, but we released that seminar on Thursday. Is Excellent. that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be released on Thursday. Big Bass, uh, Big Baits for Big Bass with Brian. He loves it. I noticed there's a lot of guys that love it. They just they specialize in it, but, you know, they, they don't use it that much in tournaments, just a very limited approach. But, man, when they're not tournament fishing, they're, they're hunting. Mm-hmm. They're taking these baits and they're hunting and they just love it. Yeah. You know? Well, who wants At to go BTC's? catch another three pounder, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> BTC, I think you're turning into one of those guys. Oh, yeah, you got to do something. You know, midlife crisis stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or getting a convertible Corvette. So. Ooh, Red Bull. Glide baits are cheaper. Can you pick the winner of the Facebook like and share? Sure can't, Pete. You sure can't. All right. Well, we're going to pick that. And Alex has got it, or we'll get it afterwards. <laughs> okay. But I got Alex on the screen and stuff. I do have it ready to roll, Pete. So oh, the God. winner okay. of the Facebook <laughs> like and share tonight is Mr. Paul Garrett. Paul, congratulations. Paul Garrett. DM Paul Garrett. With your information, and we'll get you hooked up with your prize back. Thanks to everyone that liked and shared and participated. And we'll be back next Tuesday with the same contest. So don't forget, just do that every show, and you'll be in the running. Excellent. And- it's big sexy. Oh, is that big sexy? That's Paul Garrett. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I I, I don't know his Paul's name. I mean, we just know big sexy. You know his superhero <laughs> name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we ever what, said. What's hey, your superhero congrats. name when you and Duke are in the in the room at night eating ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> you guys got names or no? No. Uh, no. I don't think so. All right, Duke. <laughs> is that his really name? Duke? So, yeah, Duke's his name. Duke. Uh, Sure. Butterfinger. Uh, One of you guys is Butterfinger. Uh, <laughs> <God>. uh, <laughs> we're going to be next week, before this gets too out of control, next week we're going to be live from the James River Open, uh, the Bass University house. We're going to be live talking about uh, practice. You're going to hear me gripe and complain about how I'm not getting bit and I don't know how I'm going to catch them during the tournament. Hopefully not the case. We're, we should, we get, man. Gray, you're going to be fishing it. We got like five 75-degree days in a row. Not quite, 70 degrees in a row. We have the full moon coming during our tournament, but that doesn't matter. Uh, (laughs) 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 But uh, it it could, you know, it's setting up to just be a bloodbath down there. Yeah. It should be a fun one. Yeah. We're, We're always so dealing with the fronts, battling extreme adverse conditions. This this is like a warming spring trend man it should be fun yeah hopefully we don't get some random front come through there that ends up wrecking everything yeah it, it likes to do that every, yeah yep. that could be the one too that's yep. the one yeah hopefully I, the weather holds i want to give uh i want to give some thoughts and prayers out to uh a friend of the show um, a friend of mine and nicholas bodsford uh you know works on bass 365 a lot of you guys may have watched that if you're following the bass pro tour they cover a lot of stuff over there um, and his dad, uh, Ricky, a good friend of Bash University, and me and Mike for, for a long, long time. And Nicholas finished second place at the yeah. James River last year, but had an unfortunate uh, automobile car accident and is, um, is, is struggling to re- still recover from that and oh. won't be fishing this year, but we want to we wanna wish him be- the best and, and a quicker, quick recovery and hope to see you back out on the water Nicholas, we're thinking about you. Uh, he's a real special, special kid. I call him a kid. He's 
he's an adult now, but I've always, I've known him since he was this big, <laughs> out at coming to the Bash University events, and uh, and I was just talking with his dad today, and just want to give a shout out to Nicholas. Send your prayers his way, guys, and hope to see him out on the water real soon. We are gonna we're gonna be back next week with a uh, Bash University live from the open BTC. Is there any unfinished business we have? I just we're gonna uh, play this little teaser from Brian Thrift that yes, Rich sir. put together. It's a fantastic seminar. I caught some of this. Uh, what was it? January, you guys, something like that. That's right. him. It was it was pretty phenomenal, and it, it, it's funny watching him up there like oh, cringing as he was in. Two of you guys did that tonight, cringing as he was like giving stuff away, and you know, like, oh, I shouldn't be talking about this, but you know, it's Brian Thrift talking about big baits and disagreeing with everything that Keith had to say. So. <laughs> it, it definitely want to check that out. It's going to be launched on Thursday, and we are. Uh, uh, let me pass it on to you guys because I got COVID brain again. Brian, I, I lost my train of thought. The we, third we, show in a row. We I just can't have a, it. all right yeah, hat trick. <laughs> We're, like a quick little shout out to somebody on the lake yesterday. Yeah, we got that Nate Coy. He hooked us mm -hmm. up yesterday. We um, kind of had a little battery malfunction while we were out there. Uh, okay. And well, we were out in a trolling motor lake only, and he uh, let us borrow his little 55-pound thrust tiller to get us back in. Yeah. So bass, we to thank him a lot. Yeah, he's oh, a, ba right. ba day. a Bass U member, too. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, he had his shirt on. Yes. He said, he, did he catch his personal Yeah, he caused PB, too. No kidding. Right before we and had our little mishap. And I actually messaged him after that. He said he had good fishing karma after that. He caught another big one oh, after we, uh, we got in there. Yeah. So. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, so we appreciate what he did. Yeah, yeah. I told him you guys would be out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to free <laughs> lane tomorrow. Yeah. So I had a Keith and Well, I remembered what I wanted to say. We're going to be down at the Chickamauga. Bash University is going to be down there. We're going to be doing some filming. We're going to be uh, there. If, if you're a member of Bash University, come by. Uh, the Bash University tent, we got something cool for you. And if, if you haven't signed up, uh, come by too because we're going to have a really great thing for anybody that signs up to Bash University TV down at Lake Chickamauga. So a lot going on. And wish Mike, Ike, come on. Uh, good luck, man. It's yeah. a big fish derby. Wishing you all the best. Ike, yes. go crush them uh, and all the rest. And uh, BTC, thanks for being here, getting us up and running. It wasn't easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. We did it. You did it. Keith, thanks so much. Where if people yeah. want the baits, what's your uh, <laughs> Facebook page? Yeah, just Blacktown Custom Lures and good luck. Yeah. <laughs> That's all yeah. I'm saying. Or we, we could give out the address to Brian's garage. Your uh, money's no good here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Tough crowd. <laughs> Gray, if people want to follow your trials and tribulations out on tour, how do they do that? Yeah, it's all Gray Buck Fishing. On Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, like recap everything I do. So, awesome. If you want to follow along? That'd be appreciated. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate it if you didn't finish in front of me down at the James River this year. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> wish you the best of luck. And it's going to be a great season. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you next week. Bash University TV. See you guys. See you. Free spawn. This is my favorite time to throw big baits because that is obviously when most of the big fish in a lake are the shallowest and the most susceptible to being caught. So we'll get into, you know, obviously pre-spawn, those fish are getting up there shallow, they're feeding, you know, they're in the bushes, they're under boat docks, they're setting up on rocky points. They're sitting in those transition spots from winter pattern to go get on a bed. And you can really, really target them on specific types of structure. And the specific types of structure I'm talking about are, you know, if you've got a, 
a dock that sits on a nice transition bank on a rocky bank before it flattens out and gets to bushes and stuff in the back of a pocket where they're going to spawn, you know, that dock's going to be a key piece of structure to, for those big female fish to set up on before they go back and spawn. You know, that's their stopping point. That's where they're going to stop. They're going to set up and you can have multiple fish there. I've seen times in a pre-spawn where I fire a big glide bait past the dock and you have three or four six to eight pounders come out following that bait. So there's, there could be a group of fish sitting there this time of year. And that is prime time for getting bit on a big bait because when you create competition, they, you know, they, they don't want the other guy to have it. That, that bass wants it. So you can create that competition amongst them and actually get them to commit a lot better under conditions when they normally wouldn't bite. So going through the when, where, and why first. So rocky points are great places, you know, and I'm not talking about flat rocky points where that are typical post-spawn type deals and stuff like that. I don't want something that's gonna run way out in the lake and have a big area to fish. So if you can, you can picture the, the couple different kinds of points. You've got your long, flat tapering points where I may have, you know, 50 feet of point that runs out and it, you know at 50 feet off the bank it's five feet deep. That's not what I'm looking for because that doesn't give the fish an exact place to ambush. You know those pre big pre-spawn fish they've got to roam that whole point so they're not going to be set up there. there, there there's definitely going to be fish there. I'm not saying there's not going to be fish there particularly your true giants that are going to bite these big baits aren't going to use a piece of structure a point like that as well as they will a more 45 degree point or a steeper point where they can really set up there and suspend next to that structure and they've just got a a small zone that is their bite window so I can make a more accurate cast with that big bait and get that fish to commit a lot better than I can throwing a big bait up on a point so <clears throat> case in point if you're talking about a long flat point I throw this big glide bait all the way to the bank and I'm setting 60 or 70 feet off the bank on the, in six or seven feet of water and my bait lands up here in two feet of water. The fish may be sitting out here in four feet. So he sees this bait coming all the way to him and he's got a long time to decide whether or not, you know, is that real? What's, why is this big shad swimming straight at me? And that's going to send up red flags to those big fish. And you don't have that element of surprise. And that's something you have when you target a smaller piece of structure like those 45 degree points where you've got nice rocky outcroppings and got you know three or four or five feet of water right next to the bank on those points because those fish can set right up against the bank and you can bring that bait right by their face without them seeing it from a long ways off. And that little element of surprise will you know, a lot of times that will help you get that big fish to commit to a big bait, whereas other situations when they have to follow it and track it, they won't really fully commit to it a lot of times. And the information...